This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 467 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight, we will be speaking with Natasha Springer-Levine about her business, Event Clinics. We're also going to finish up with Training Level Test 3, and of course, we've got a great trainer tip. Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. And we've got our favorite producer. Well, well, we can't say favorite producer, but we've got a producer. <laughs> what do you mean you can't us. say favorite? <laughs> well, I can't lie. Phil, he's our boss. You have to lie. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> How about you I'm can like, do this? You boss. can say one of your favorite. One of our oh, favorite. Yeah, yeah, we love we, it. Yeah, that's what have been the diplomatic way to do that. Yeah, exactly. I'm usually pretty good at that. But I'm just joking. <laughs> Well, hi guys! Thanks for, for thanks for them. letting me produce your show. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you, Glenn, as always. <laughs> he, he, he must be suffering from a bout of insomnia because uh, he comes on our show and falls asleep by the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> I need a good a rest little. tonight, so I volunteered. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we'll send you out there, Glenn. <laughs> good. Thanks for joining us, anyways. <laughs> Yeah. I do have some well, WEG well, news for you if you want it. Okay, yeah, we'll maybe get into some WEG stuff today. Yeah, I have some of that, too. You want it now? So, yeah. um, individual competition tickets finally went on sale for the World Equestrian Games uh, on May the 2nd. And that means that if people want to come and watch, you know, Grand Prix at Dressage or whatever, as long as there's tickets available, they can get them at tryon2018.com. Before that, only group tickets were available where you had to buy all of Dressage or you know, all of eventing or all of driving. Now you can buy individual uh, events and you, what's left you can find at tryon2018.com. I don't think they're selling out of too many things at this point. Also, uh, Reese, I know that uh, money is not an issue for you. So the hospitality <laughs> packages are, va- are available. And really? do you want to hear what they run? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get the dressage full discipline, which is the whole package, you uh, get a table and you can get a club and it offers, you know, uh, breakfast service and a lunch buffet and a premium bar and afternoon snacks. It's called the Summit Club. And you can get a private table for six. And for the run of dressage, that will set you back uh, $15,000 plus. Now, I like it's a nice round number. Yes, yeah. but I'm not sure why it's plus. We haven't figured out. Plus, oh, yeah. where's, where's oh, the plus? oh, plus is taxes and a four percent processing fee. So you're probably oh. looking at closer to sixteen grand for a table of six. Mm-hmm. But you know, you get in the building, and oh, I mean, hey, uh, you know, it's they're fun. If you if you get the tables, they are a lot of fun. Now, now I will so. tell you this, and not to be all negative, but the building that these are going to be in is just a steel frame at this point. Um, I saw pictures of it as okay. of last week, and it's steel girders. Uh, it, they don't have any of the They'll other get it parts. Done. Done. It'll be fine. 
By the way, which is great. This is a good plug for your show. If, if you are going to the WAG, um, Glenn has a fantastic show. Tell us about it, Glenn. It's called the 2018 WAG Show. Samantha Clark and I do that. We did uh, a WAG show for 2010 when it was in Kentucky as well. And it's 2018wagshow.com. We do two episodes a month. And then during the World Equestrian Games, we do a daily wrap-up show at 7 p.m. each night. So we'll be doing live wrap-up shows every night and putting those out for all 14 nights of the World Equestrian Games. Reese and Philip are going to come in and help with the dressage part of that. So, and we cover every event. We cover even the things that aren't competitions, uh, like uh, some of the other events that are going to be going on. We bring in musicians. We just have a lot of fun with it. And it's a good show if you want to get uh, caught up at the end of every night. That is if they do have the media center done. But by the way, the media center is the first floor of that building that is just steel framed at this point. So, and the second, third oh, floor will be the Summit Club. So, okay. yeah, that's oh, cool. where we're at. So we all might have air conditioning. Is They don't have the walls. That sounds done. good, too. Yeah. Which should be nice, <laughs> but I would think the weather in September is going to be nice. It should be nice. Yeah, it should be fine. It should be nice. Should not, too, not too hot, not too cold. They, they have nice. told the athletes that the housing and the hotels that they said would be done on grounds are not going to be done. Yeah. So they will be staying off property. Uh, they reserved a thousand hotel rooms as close as they could get, which is a half an hour to an hour away. So at this point, the one thing that we're hearing from everybody, including people coming and athletes and just uh, people attending is housing is is the big issue. Yeah. So if you're planning on coming at all and it's get your hotels booked wherever you can. Yeah, so uh, exactly. you, you're not going to be, it's not going to be like Kentucky. If you haven't booked yet, you're probably not going to be within an hour. It's going to be a drive. You know, it's not going to be like Kentucky where they had a ton of hotel rooms real close between Georgetown and Lexington. You're going to be right. in Charlotte. You're going to be in Asheville if there's any left. Um, you're going to be down in Greenville. All of those are an hour or more away. So you're just, right. gonna, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Or find a friend with it and bring a camper. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I was, I, I, we spent a lot on the rooms that we're getting the. We rented a house, and I thought we were spending a lot until I figured out what it's going to cost to rent the hotel rooms much further away. So I'm kind of glad we rented the house when we did. So are we? Yeah. <laughs> Go, Glenn. Glad you did it. It's going to be the horse radio. It's turning out to be cheap, what I thought was expensive. Um, right. <laughs> but it's only 10 minutes away, so I'm real happy about that. Now, parking, apparently, from what we're hearing, it is going to be off-site, and people are going to be bust in. That's what I'm hearing right now, unless that changes. That kind of, that kind of makes sense for, for yeah. some of these things, right? Yeah. And they, we, they had originally the said all parking was going to be on grounds, but I don't think they've secured mm-hmm. the property they need to at this point. Right. So that's what all of this, by the way, is fluid and changing every announcement we get. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if All you right. Wanna... Well, you're going to have to stay up to date on the podcast. That's right. I know exactly. That's 20... why. That's what you're doing the podcast, which is perfect. And it's also on the H- Horse Radio Network app uh, to just look for the 2018 Wag Show. And Samantha, Samantha's good. She's from uh, England and knows all these a lot of these people. And we just cover every discipline, all eight of them. That's so cool. Well, that's so exciting. Well, well, we actually with the with the leg yeah. theme here. I th- I thought we you know just in a, um, the American te- shortlist has been published. Uh, maybe that was two or three weeks ago, but we thought we'd stay as up to date as we can and uh, maybe let everybody know who you're hopefully being uh, going to be cheering for. Yeah. So we have Shelly Francis from Loxahatchee, Florida, and Patricia Stemple's seven, a uh, fourteen-year-old Hanoverian gelding Danello. 
We have Laura Graves from Geneva, Florida, with her and Kurt May's 16-year-old Dutch hornbud gelding, Verdadis. Ashley Holzer from New York and Diane Fellow's 11-year-old Hanoverian mare, Havana. Olivia Lagoy-Welts with her and Marianne McPhail's 14-year-old Danish warm-blood gelding, Lenoir. Adrian Lyle from Ketchum, Idaho, and Betsy Giuliano's 11-year-old Hanoverian stallion, Salvino. Casey Perry-Glass with Diane Perry's 15-year-old um, gelding. Oh, I always have trouble with his name. New- it's okay, uh, Dublé. We'll just say Dublé. Dublé? Yeah, we always get the... We had her on, do you remember? And then we Yeah, heard like, his Danish <laughs> very long us. name. Yeah. Yeah, she helped yeah. us, but we never really got it, did we? Nope. No, we didn't. Uh, Stefan Peters from San Diego on Four Winds Farm, 11-year-old Rylander Gare Rosamunda and Four Winds Farm, a 10-year-old uh, Dutch gelding Super Casper, Supin Casper, and Sabine Schalt-Carey from Twin Oaks, California, and Alice Wumble's 12-year-old Hanoverian stallion, um, Sach... Sancio. Uh, Sancio, thanks. Yeah, That's no problem. He's so good at this. <laughs> so they're actually off to Europe in a couple weeks. Yeah. And, and they're going to be competing to. in Compang, I think, mm-hmm. and a few other competitions to find out who's going to be the final four. Yeah. So it's a very good exciting. Luck to all so of them. Yeah. Wish them all good luck. And we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully keep some updating going along as they go. So that'll be great. Has anything been announced in Canada, Phil? No. Okay. So they have an ongoing update um, on the on the. Equine Canada website that has the scores and the people and the candidates that are sort of in the leader. But we've got a big CDI coming up this week. Actually, that's why we're taping early. This is Monday, so that I'm on my way up there to you know with a couple of students who are showing in the in the smaller show, not in the CDI. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you know who's going to be the the people. Maybe I'll, I'll give an update when I get back. Yeah, that'd be great. Fantastic. I know. It's horse show week, Phil. Yes, I know. I'm trying to think of all the things I need to pack because I'm going to be Yeah, it's your first horse show of the year, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, it's a little bit of a longer one. Ooh, six days is a really long time. Goodness. Big show. That is a long show. Long show. (laughs) Do you show the whole time, Phil, or is that just because it's a long drive? So we get in a, a day early, and what happens with this show is that they have test of choice happening on the first day, you know. We get in, then we warm, you know, we just sort of let the horses have a look around. We do a little bit of light riding um, in the evening on Wednesday, and then we have the option to show on Thursday and some test of choice, you know, as another warm up. So uh, we'll make the call then whether we're going to do that. And then the next three, four days is uh, actual competition. Got it. So. Yeah. yeah, it's good. This one's good for the for the first show of the season because it, we have a little extra long uh, time yeah. there, and uh, it's a great show facility up in Ottawa that has great facilities, great footing, great stabling. So it's a really nice show, very accommodating, cool. you know, uh, show staff and everything. So uh, is it a far uh, it drive? It's a little for you? bit early early for us because we could get we still get snow here in May, but mm. uh, we'll be. It's going to be fine. It's going to be beautiful. I think so. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's good. Is it a far drive for you? Yeah, it's about six hours. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty far. It's not far, it. far, but it's, yeah, for one day. It's far enough. Driving. Yeah, it's far enough. Far enough. Far enough. Yeah. That's our plan. Oh, cool. Well, I yeah, like it. Yeah. Well, go get it. Go have a great time. Well, we've got a great show today, um, and we're going to come back with a guest, Natasha, and she's going to tell us all about her new business. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. 
You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Microphase Vitamin and Mineral Supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Well, tonight we are really excited to have Natasha uh, from eventclinics.com. She is the Director of Dressage Outreach. Natasha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. We are happy to have you. And I actually got to meet you in Florida briefly. So you told me yes. about, about your company. And so tell us all about what we need to know about eventclinics.com. So Event Clinics is a platform that was created to make organizers' lives a little easier. We're basically here to connect riders to opportunities that are happening nationwide and actually beyond the American borders. So we're now able to feature and promote and organize clinics in Canada, Mexico, the UK, etc. Um, we feature clinics that are dressage-based, eventing-based. We actually have a horsemanship and cow working clinic on our site right now, but there are tons of Olympians featured, which is incredible. And we also created software that allow schooling show organizers to run their schooling shows virtually. So lots to do on event clinics. Yeah. So how would, how would it work? Like, let's say I'm going to run a clinic here at the farm. What would I do and how does that work? So all that you would do is create a username and password. And all you have to do is go into our website and it'll invite you to do that. Um, and then you post the details of your activity and you set up EC Instant Pay, which is our revolutionary technology that allows you to process online payments without any fees. So that's why we're so unique is because we don't cost organizers anything. Um, we take that burden of payment away from the organizers because we know that people who own facilities, run facilities, they've got a lot of financial burden. So we didn't want to add to that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and for riders, it's even easier. So all you do is go to eventclinics.com, scroll through or search for what you're looking for, and then click to register. That sounds super easy. Yeah, it's ridiculously easy. <laughs> yeah. What was the inspiration behind? What's the inspiration behind? I, I, I mean, I can understand that it's really easy, but how did somebody kind of come up with this idea and and put it into uh, a useful uh, system? Um, so the the platform itself was built around the technology. So EC Instant Pay, the background for it is that it's a way that multiple people can get paid out from one payment. Um, so let's say that I'm submitting payment that is then going to go to a facility for stabling, a clinician for teaching me, and I don't know, Reese for providing snacks. 
Um, With my one submission of $300, that payment can then be diverted to those three people without any fees. So that's pretty cool. So that's that's the practical background of it. The thing is, though, that Tara Swerthy, who is our um, director and the founder of the company, she's a horse person herself, and she saw a niche that needed to be filled. So we're the only platform that you don't need to create a login to access what's going on, which is pretty incredible. So I can Um, go on it right now to see what's what's going on uh, locally. Yeah, and you can even... You can even register for stuff without creating a login. You can use, you know, the guest feature, um, okay. which of course then doesn't save your information, but, but many people prefer that. So we just wanted to make yeah, with these all the awesome privacy opportunities stuff that are on. happening. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. so cool. We, yeah. But our main thing is that we just want to bring opportunities to people. We want everyone to know that there's so much great stuff going on and you can learn from everything. So that's really true. That's exactly right. Um, it's you know, and the shows, it's amazing. The shows are, are a good feature too. I think that makes it really easy for people who want to run, um, you know, a local show or something that that they can also you can also do your payment and reservation on those as well. Is Absolutely, and um, we're certainly we're certainly hoping to grow to be able to accommodate USDF and EF recognized shows. Um, but right now we're just for GMOs and farms putting on local shows. So what is the hurdle of ma- but, making it for USDF shows? What's the, what do you need to do to make that possible? Everybody wants scoring capability and scheduling capability. And that's uh-huh. something that we have not yet developed, but we are working on it. So it's sort of in the back of our mind how best to do that. Ah, interesting. If I wanted to do like a private clinic, like let's say I didn't necessarily want it to go up, but I wanted everyone to be, you know, that was in the clinic to have capability. Can you do that? Like let's say if you're not doing an auditor, you're not doing a big thing. Can you, can you do just a, a as smaller? a payment only? Yeah. yeah, as payment only. I think right now the best way to do that would be to have people email you and say, hey, can I sign up? Um, And to include in your sort of comments section that, I really require you as an organizer to check in with me before submitting payment for this clinic. Um, but we are seeing a huge uptick in organizers that want that discretion. So we're okay. working on developing the capability to provide organizers that discretion through some sort of coupon code or some sort of access code that folks have to contact you in order to get and then sign up. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something that's in the works. Um, we're rolling out a bunch of new developments right now. So that's in sort of our next round of development. Fantastic. How cool is that? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I think it's a fantastic, fantastic, um, you know, we've talked about it. We talked about it in Florida and I would like to to use it for my next clinic for sure. Um, so how can people find you online and, and, and learn more about the service? Well, easily enough, they can go to eventclinics.com. And they'll see the full list as well as links to register for everything that we have to offer. Um, And then if they want to see sort of what's going on in the background, we are on Facebook and Instagram as well as Twitter. Um, And we post a lot of, I think, educational opportunities, obviously, but also we post some articles that have been written by our clinicians and ways to sort of get in touch with our clinicians that you might not otherwise have access to. Cool. That's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for coming on and telling us all about um, your new business. We love it and we want to keep hearing Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, we hope to keep working with you. Fantastic. We'll stay in touch. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, Phil, that's a cool service um, if you are doing any clinics or anything this summer. So I, I hope people look into it and, and use it because it's a cool, it's a great idea. And anybody that's ever organized a clinic, it's like the bane of my existence. One of the reasons I don't like <laughs> to have clinics because it gets hard. It gets hard to collect money and where does it well, go? You know, people and say they're going to come, they don't come. Don't and come. And, spot yes. and yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, totally understand, totally get it. Yeah. So. This will make it easy, and there are going to be much more clinics to attend and to, to teach. And yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be great. It's going to be great. Well, very cool. Well, we are actually going to go to our second segment from our training level test three that we started last week. So we hope everybody enjoys. I like it. So then you're going to do, um, you're going to ride into the corner because you have an A medium walk. So the directive is asking for a willing, calm transition regularity and quality of the walk. I think you really have to just prepare this transition because the horses are already a little bit backed off from the corner. So as you ride through that, ride through the short side, you want to think of an uphill downward transition to walk. And I always think in a transition downward, again, I want the shoulders up. I want the haunches down and I kind of want to melt into the walk, not splat into the walk. I don't think that works. Uh, how about you, Phil? That's tricky. I mean, it's uh, the everything I just said about the canter to trot transition applies mm-hmm. here as well. Yeah. You know, all these downward transitions have to be sort of carefully practiced, carefully planned, carefully ridden on the day, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have a horse that's uh, very energetic and speedy and all gung-ho at home and gets into show ring is a, is a little backed off, a little bit mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know what's going on here, and it's not as confident <laughs> and as speedy and gung-ho. So you have to feel in the moments and, you know, kind of make corrections as things occur. Um, you know, so this is not your first downward transition. I mean, the first downward transition was at X at the beginning mm-hmm. of the test. Yep. So you kind of have a sense of, okay, what, what's going on here, okay? You know, if you've made a mistake in that first transition because you get something that you weren't expecting, well, now you've got to expect it, Right. Mm-hmm. because you have a, you, you've done half the test basically you know what's going on you know how your horse feels so everything from you know this walk and going forward you should be prepared for more or less right if you have a horse right. if your horse is a little lazy on the day then you need you know you need to change your game plan and get on your aids a little bit or if your horse is now all excited and normally a bit of a plotter at home is now at the show and is all excited you have no excuse through the second half to not know what's going on, right? Right. So I always use the walk as a little bit of, uh, you know, from this transition, a little bit of mental preparation for my second half. I have to kind of evaluate what's going on. I have to, you know, use my brain a little bit and then make a plan for my second half. So all if whatever mistakes have happened are done. Erase them. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Done. Yeah, don't worry about what happened, but you know, have an idea of what your plan for the second half is. Yep. So yeah, normally the walk splits the test in, in two, basically. In two. For, you know. Yeah. For for the you know, there's um, some instances it's not exactly in half, but again, you know, if you don't uh, take a moment to you know to kind of figure out where you're at, then more mistakes are just going to keep piling up. Right, and in this case, you're going to change direction. So you know, it's also something to think about depending on your horse and. Which side is their stiff side? Which is their hollow side? Yeah. Maybe you've already yeah. done this, the harder side, or maybe you're yeah. going to the more challenging side after 
the free walk. Um, so it's KXH free walk, KXH. That's important. H medium walk. So remember, this is actually a double scores as a coefficient and they're looking for the regularity and quality of the walk, the reach and ground cover of the free walk, allowing complete freedom to stretch the neck forward and downward straightness, willingness, and calm transitions. You know, be careful that you don't throw your horse away here. This is important, right? You don't just, there is still, there's less contact, but you still have to have some contact in the free walk. I don't There's like a little see, bit of riding and that needs to happen yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not just a, a free for all. And no, you know, what please happens, ride. Close <laughs> rise and what happens, happens. It's, you know, you can, again, this, this move is about having a plan, knowing your horse, yeah. feeling what's going on and encouraging long steps a little bit of connection it's not no connection right a little bit of connection you know i i like to use you know my fingers a little bit if i have a horse that gets mm -hmm. distracted i'll use my leg a little bit if i have a horse that yep. just doesn't step out well enough sometimes um, alternating leg aid at this yeah. point is important yeah. right lots being of, able to lots of little things lots of little things that can help improve your score um, you know, if you have a horse that that has a bit of a five walk, you can't make it an eight with perfect riding, but no. you can certainly make it a five five or a six or six, you know, and, yeah, and that's go helpful. home and practice and work on it. I mean, that's but you know, um, if at the beginning of the day you have a five walk, yeah, you know, you have to be realistic. It's not going to be an eight, but there are little things you can do to help help it out. Right. Right. Great. So we have done the walk. We've picked the horse up. We're at H. We're doing medium walk and C working trot. So I think, um, and then you're going to ride the loop again. So C working trot, MXF, one loop. So what I just say, you know, I always remind my students, be sure that you ride your half halts. You know, you've already done the transition from free walk to medium walk. You need to ride the half halt, balance your horse for the transition to trot, and then the loop. Uh, because again, they're looking for willingness, a calm transition. Sometimes that's, if the horses are jigging, that can be complex. Regularity and quality of trot, shape and size of the loop, and the changes of bend and balance that we talked about before. So it's just similar. You're just doing it on the right rein now. Yeah, which I, I, th I think this can be the trickiest part of the entire mm -hmm. test is the picking the reins back up and then yeah. making your next forward transition. I think a lot of stuff can go wrong here. Like you said, yes. a lot of horses anticipate and will jog a little bit. I sort of have a unique plan to each horse on how I want to yes. kind of ride this. I use a little bit of a horse at training level. I will use uh, a little bit of um, leg yield to help, mm -hmm. you know, balance the horse, prepare them for me picking up my reins. Um, depending on the horse, I, you know, and when you get into second level and third level where you're having to go to collected walk, you have to rely a little bit on the training. When, you, when you're when you in training level, you can't go to collected walk. You can't, you know, take your reins up and really control the horse. So, uh, you know, I think a little bit less contact than a lot of contact is better. I think if the horse is not, you, you don't want to pull them really tight and compact. That can make things, you know, kind of nervous for the horse when, when you do that and you snatch up your reins a little too fast. So, you know, take up your rein really gradually and if, if they are on a little bit of a longer rein until you trot, and then you can, you know, shorten the rein a little bit, that's sort of a strategy that I, that I try and help my students with because you don't want to transmit all of your show nerves into your 
into your reins, into the horse's walk at this point, because if you jog, it's almost guaranteed a four. It's a break in gait. So a little bit longer rein, I think, is a little bit better than a little bit shorter. And prepare them and send them forward. And then once you have a little bit of that trot momentum, that really steady one-two rhythm, you can shorten your rein a little bit further and make the horse a little bit rounder if that's you know if that's what you want you know what you want or what you need to do with your horse. So it's training level, so they don't they aren't expected to be you know super short and and super round in the walk. So I, I think that's my personal advice is just to leave them mm-hmm. a little bit longer. Uh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. I like it. That's it. So. Great. So we picked up the trot now. We've done our, we're going to do our one loop again. Um, and then we pick up the canter to the right. Uh, again, you know, this is similar. We, we already talked about it going to the left. Uh, it's similar. Then you ride a 20 meter circle at E. Uh, same thing. So um, after your 20 meter circle, again, remembering the regularity and the size of the circle, you're coming around to C which is kind of a long way, E to C. You have to balance the horse as you make that long side. Um, and at C, you have to do a working trot. So it's similar to what we did earlier on the diagonal. Um, you're looking for a willing, calm transition, regularity, and the quality of the trot. I personally find that's a difficult transition because the horse is usually a younger horse or a younger rider, and the horses are a little bit strung out coming through that turn so you just have to really watch that you keep the horse nice and balanced going through that turn um and then you do your working trot transition um i think a lot of riders will take their leg off at this point mm -hmm. and um you know in all the downward transitions that's a you know early rider mistake Um, the more you learn that your leg can help the downward transitions by keeping the hind legs underneath them um, the better, the better that, that these transitions can be. So, um, you know, that's, that's just a little tip, yeah. you know, you need yeah, your leg in a downwards transition to make it happen. A lot of riders Drive are afraid to, yeah. to push. Yeah. They're afraid to push downwards. I, I think it can really help. So if you, you are practicing and you're working on your downward transition, keep experimenting with, with how much leg you can put on and still make a downward transition happen. Yeah. So then we're coming to the stretchy circle. This is a big deal for training level. <laughs> this is a big one. Um, well, so, coefficient uh, of two there, Reese. Coefficient of two. Uh, so it's B, circle right 20 meters and rising trot, allowing the horse to stretch forward and downward. Before B, shorten the reins, B, working trot. So your directives say forward and downward stretch over the back into light contact, maintaining balance and quality of the trot, bend, shape and size of the circle, willing and calm transitions. That's a theme. You hear that quite often. Um, Yeah, I found at training level, you either do this really well and get some points or you do it badly um and (laughs) (laughs) and lose a lot of points um so actually i got the tip here on our show i mean you know phil and i also enjoy the interviews and get to hear them um but when we went through test writing uh, i think it was jennifer roth talked about how in the stretchy circle um at every eighth of the circle so thinking there you know there's four circle points in the circle and then halfway between each point. Uh, so it's you do it 
every eight times, you do it eight times on the circle where you actually supple the horse and push the horse to the outside rein. So it's a little inside hand, inside leg bump to the outside rein in the stretch. And I thought that was a really good tip in the stretchy circle because I find yeah. a lot of my riders, you know, they just drop the reins. Drop the reins and, and pray ah, to God that it's going to go well. Pray to the dressage God, <laughs> which trust us, your trainers are already doing that. <laughs> yeah. we, we want this to go well for you, but you need to be active in the stretch, not passive in the stretch. That's really important uh, that you do that. So, um, yeah, the stretch for every horse happens, um, kind of slowly and it develops mm -hmm. around the circle. So you got to think that it's a developed to your horse's maximum stretch. Every horse is a little bit different and you're trying to develop it at home and, you know, all of that good stuff. But, you know, um, you, you want to show your maximum stretch over the two middle eights of the circle, but right. the judge knows you have to develop it. You, you mm -hmm. know, you're going to get there, right? And then you start to develop back into the, you know, to the non-stretch short frame before you're back into the, onto the rail and back, back into the test again. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, the biggest mistakes we see is riders just throwing away the reins and, and hoping, you know, and, and then the other thing is just riders that are, you know, are afraid to ride a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, this, this has to be a ridden movement and you don't have to yeah. go from zero stretch to 10 stretch in right. two strides if, mm -hmm. if you take your time the horse will understand and stay balanced better because if you don't they're going to run they're going to fall back you know fall to walk you know all kinds of different things lose the bend lose the shape of the circle mm -hmm. you know um you know lose your geometry so you know take your time develop it i think it's a little better to maybe stretch for a nine and get points on all the other things Mm -hmm. Than to stretch for a ten and lose points on geometry and yes. rhythm and balance. So, you know, it's 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 a bit of a mental thing you have to think about. Um, you know, in practicing every day and in and in and on on the test day. Okay, I'm going to do the best I can. If I don't get them to ten by halfway, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. keep trying to get to ten and then not have you know not be able to pick up the horse because I'm all the way done the circle and I haven't. I haven't done anything to prepare the trot again. So right. um, it's right. very difficult movement. I really recommend watching, you know, some videos yes. and seeing how Good the pros ones. do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause you can see riders developing the stretch and then taking the reins back up correctly while keeping the balance and the softness of the horse. I think this is a really tough skill to, to, uh, to learn for everyone. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, you don't have to be great. You don't have to get eights on your first show or, or if you do wonderful you know great but, uh, yes we've done our job yes you have to mm -hmm. kind of learn from your mistakes in in this part of the test yeah yeah so then we come to the center line we're um almost done. we're yeah. almost done exactly this is almost your time to give a, a little celebration um so the biggest thing is to sort of organize this turn this is important a lot of people will miss the center line they either overshoot it or they undershoot it um, you want to yeah. say, you, you know, it's so it's important turn in the test. So it is, it's 10 meters technically, yeah. which is quite tight. Um, and you also want to remember the judge wants to see a straight line. Once you get on the center line, don't wobble because they're staring straight at you. So you really want to keep your legs evenly on the horse. So there's nice support for that horse, which is really important. And you don't wobble. That's not good. Wobbling bad. Um, remember that at X, you can do it through the walk and training level. That's our big tip for the day. Make sure that you do that. 
um, and prepare by riding half, half halts and balancing that horse. That's what you want to do. So, uh, and also smile when you salute, <laughs> make it look fun. like, yeah, pretend you're having fun, relax and show the judge, like give your horse a nice pat at the end. That's important. Don't just cower and, and leave, you know, show the judge a little bit that you're proud of your horse and you're proud of what you did. Um, that you did a good job in your test. I think that's important. So, um, again, it's a show (laughs) you want to, there's some showmanship involved with it. So that's important. Yeah. I'm going to give a little tip here and a little secret Um, at training level. Nobody expects your horse to be perfectly straight. So I ride, um, whichever bend that, that, that horse prefers, I ride a little bend on the, on the center line. Just a little, you know, I have, I have organized, which is my inside leg, which is my outside leg, which is my inside rein, which is my outside rein, so that um, I can ride a balanced transition down and into halt. Failure um, smart. Yeah, I think, again, you know, the level That's of, you have way. to kind of think about the level of training mm-hmm. of the horse. And I have to push, you know, to keep the horse together, I have to push it from my inside leg to my outside rein. So. Mm-hmm. Um, this really works out well if your horse bends, to, if we're coming down the center line from the right, this really helps you if the right side is already the better side. You know, if, if I'm coming from the right and the left is a little bit better side, I might just adjust so that as I come down the center, I have a little bit of time here, right? So I, I can adjust that maybe I start to put my left, my left leg on as the inside mm-hmm. leg a little bit and just sure. it stabilize the horse because if I have a horse at this level that is not great at straightness and some are really great at straightness and some aren't then if i try and ride straightness i'm not going to have much success but if i allow the horse a little bit of bend i can at least make smooth transitions and an immobile halt and hopefully have the legs organized in a more or less square way you know so Mm -hmm. i i don't like to you know in a training level test demand uh perfection from the horses, you know, because yeah. generally yeah. it's going to be not gonna a work. four or five year old horse yeah. <laughs> that I'm developing, not sure. And you, know, you want to be a positive, ten year old master at training level. Yeah. So I have to, you know, sort of plan my training that the that um, there's some allowances for um, not being the most, you know, perfectly trained horse. I have to, you know, I have a little tricks and a little plan, and you know, yeah. How do I ride? How do I ride this horse? for the best success. I love it. Well, we hope that helps on your training level test three, and we look forward to doing another test in the future. Well, Phil, we've got a really fun total saddle fit tip of the week. As always, um, I will tell you, I, I love the stretch tech girth. I I got the new uh, wool fleece liner and it's been great and they're so nice because it's hot here it was in the 90s we i think we broke a temperature record in kentucky Already today in the 90s? that's why i don't live right. there <laughs> well that's weird i mean they went from for us our horses are actually relatively ready for it because we literally went from florida here and so our, the the my training horses the florida horses were fine today the other horses were dying so we had to be a little careful um and oh that that the liner is so cool because you just pull it off that stretch tech um girth and you throw it right in the wash and it's ready for tomorrow uh and hello loves it and um it's just a great product so um i think all the product products we've mm-hmm. we've gotten to test out and to use have been really really good i have not been disappointed by anything mm-hmm. that has come from total saddle fit 
And I have to tell you, I've been using the six the six point saddle pad because I needed to ship a saddle because one of the horse's saddles went to um, to get restuffed, refitted. So for the week, I've been kind of using that. That's a great product. I've been able to sort of uh, make a different saddle work for the horse while you know while his saddle is getting stuffed. I, I that's a super feature, and we always have a couple of them around for that purpose. Yeah. I've taken them to students and I said, listen, you know, I think the saddle could use a little bit of a different fit. Let's try this. And, you know, we've been able to, you know, make, make saddles work for people before they, you know, before they take it into the saddle fitter, great products all around great by products. Total Saddle Fit and Justin's yeah. awesome. So, and you can get a hold of him at care at totalsaddlefit.com. Uh, and tell him you're calling from us. We love it. And he's always, always fantastic to everybody. So uh, we hope that helps. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Uh, so Phil, for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, I want to get your opinion on this because it's it actually happened in one of my lessons today. This is an event horse, and they're coming for some extra dressage training. And this rider kept saying, or in, in our break, or uh, it's a new student for me, and they said, you know, going to the left, I really struggle very hard with him falling on the right shoulder, and I and and really worried about shoulder placement. So, Phil, tell me a little bit about what your thoughts are on shoulder placement. Well, it depends. It really depends about, um, you know, what level of training, you know, where you're at in your training. Um, so I will tell you in the beginning, and people are sometimes surprised by this, but, um, you know, in training level horses, you know, or green horses, I tell people not to worry about it, you know, that they can drift through the outside shoulder. That's great. What I want to see is good energy, which will give you a, a, a good rhythm or a rhythm that you're looking for, right? Slow horses, I like a little quicker rhythm. Fast horses, I like a little slower rhythm. And um, more suppleness than really worried about the alignment, you know, having perfect alignment of, of the horses. So um, this week I was teaching uh, some students and I had a new a new lesson person and she, you know, was really, I could see her really trying to make her circle perfect, but there wasn't enough suppleness. And so I said, hey. Let's take a little bit more inside rein. Let's reduce the amount of tension you have on your outside rein. Don't worry if the circle gets a little big. Let's get this horse, you know, really kind of stretching to the bit and really, you know, shortening on the inside on the circle when he's bending and just, you know, uh, lengthening on the outside and allowing the horse to step through the outside shoulder a little bit. We'll fix that problem later. You know, people are a little surprised by by that because we do talk a lot about, you know, having really good geometry, but mm. we weren't really preparing for a test, preparing for a show. So I was just looking to get a certain response from the horse and to get the horse trying to, you know, more relaxed, more supple, you know, which which in the end resulted in a uh, a better rhythm because the, because the rider's not restricting the outside rein so much. So, yeah, it's a tricky question because, it, it, mm-hmm. like I said, it really depends. But, you know, as you get up into second level and, you know, you've got all that suppleness and you've got great rhythm and then you want to create a little bit of um, collection, which second level asks for, you need to have alignment to get collection. And that's why in second level you're riding shoulder in, traver, you know, you have to have awareness of all four legs, not just the front two or just the front outside leg. Um, yeah. You know, so that's why you have to write all those movements. And I, I include 
uh, Rambert in when I'm teaching shoulder and intraverse because that's really important. I know it doesn't actually happen in the test now until third level. It used, it used to be in second level, but um, I think it got a little complicated and, and trying to throw in too many movements at what level. But uh, yeah, you should have really good awareness. So it's you know it's not always the, the outside shoulder that's a problem. It can be the inside mm-hmm. hind leg. It could be outside hind leg. It could be yeah. the whole horse drifting through your whole, you know through your legs. And and so I think people really worry. They worry mostly about head placement. Then they start to worry about shoulder placement. But they're only worried about the things they can see, the easy things, right? And I think as a rider, you have to develop a good feel through the saddle and be aware of, like I said, all four corners of the horse. So you have to know, okay, the outside shoulder's drifting, but what are the hind legs doing? What you know, what are what is uh, the tail doing? You know, like everything on the horse is important, not just you know what's right down right in front of your eyes. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Excuse me. No, I think I love what you're saying because that's actually what I said to the student. Um, You know, I said, actually, the shoulder is really a symptom of something else that's going on, in my opinion. Very, not always, like you said, it's kind of a complicated question. But in this case, it was. It was really a symptom of sort of an alignment thing, a horse being in front of the leg and and really... um, Really, the horse was behind the leg. It wasn't connecting from the sort of the hind leg to the bit. So when this rider would try to bend to the inside, uh, now this is on the stiff and hollow side, and I think that actually plays a role into this, depending on what side your horse is. If you're bending on the hollow side, by definition, the horse's neck is going to go easier, theoretically, to the inside, and they're going to want to fall on the outside shoulder. That's this the definition. So you have to think about as you're asking for increased bend or suppleness, um, you know, kind of plan for the fact that your horse is going to want to go that direction because that's normal. So what you need to do is make sure that your outside leg and outside rein are sort of there to keep the alignment. Um, and that will help a lot. So, you know, the horse may fall and that's what was happening in this case. The rider's pulling on the inside rein to sort of help get lateral suppleness. Well, unfortunately it was actually making it worse, not better. Um, so, you know, it was absolutely a symptom. So I think that's part of it is you have to really watch that, that that doesn't happen. Um, and when riders tell me, oh, they're falling out in the shoulder, I actually, that's a time that I make them stop and we have a little bit of a discussion about what's actually happening and why they're feeling that. Um, Cause again, I really tell them, I'm like, this is more of a symptom that it is a problem. And I'm like, Phil, initially there is a time where you do have to watch shoulder placement, especially in lateral work. Um, but I'm exactly what Phil said is it's not something that I immediately freak out and, and say, oh my gosh, that really is something we need to work on. So uh, that's kind of what we do. You know, what I do when I think about it is it is something, it's a little bit of a complicated question and takes a little bit of um, sort of digging a little bit deeper on why they're doing that. Uh, if I do have a horse that's falling on the outside shoulder, I go to that diamond exercise a lot of times, which is, we, yeah. I think, less talked cur- about it Less on the curves show. and more straighter lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More straighter and, lines. And work on 90 degree turns. So Right. You have to kind of, uh, what I try and do a little bit this is with the same idea and is to turn, you know, before the actual corner of the arena so that you know that you're making the turn and the horse is not just falling out. Well, you know, you have to yeah. imagine uh, a new wall and really even make a little bit of counterflexion to make your corner good. But uh, maybe you can go over the diamond exercise with us yeah. again. So that's a great exercise. We, I, I, we've talked about it before on the show, but basically what you do is you think of a 20 meter circle 
And now we're in a dressage ring, a 20 by 60 meter ring. You could do it by in a 20 by 40 meter ring as well. You're on the 20 meter circle and the circle, if you just look at the geometry, hits, it has four circle points to make it a round circle. And so what you do is you think of riding from, let's say we're at C, we're going to ride straight to the circle point along the wall, which is, um, you know, it's halfway between, oh, the letters, Phil, I don't have a diagram. Um, depends which way you're going as well. Yeah, it depends but, on which way you're yeah, going. I mean, you know, you know, you're not going to ride to the corner letter. You're going to ride beyond the right. corner letter and you're not going to ride to the center letter. You're going right. to ride, bef- you know, before, before that. So, right. yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you have to kind of figure out, you know, what is 10 meters up the wall. Right. And then you're going to ride to that point. point is. Yep. You yep. ride to that point and then you make a 90 degree turn. So it's basically, that's a diamond shape or, or even if you think about it as a square within a circle, you ride a 90 degree turn, you go straight to the center line, again, 10 meters forward, and then you ride another 90 degree turn. So it's a great exercise and it really controls that outside shoulder. Yeah, I think I think you start riding this around first level, you know, when mm-hmm. in training level, you've got great bending on your circles and hopefully you're, you can ride pretty accurate. And then you actually go to riding uh, this diamond exercise because right. it will help you control the shoulders and help you think mm-hmm. about, um, you know, developing your horse into second level. So, yeah. and you have to watch these horses in second level because you're going to find one side is great for shoulder in and the other side, not so good, but you have to think on the side that the horse is really good in shoulder in and you can make really easy angle are the hind legs drifting. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I see the most of like you see on one side, the ho- the rider makes really, 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 you know, steep angle, um, you know, absolutely too much angle that the horse goes into four track. And then I have to tell them that, OK, that's great. But the mm-hmm. horse is actually not bending because because they're too steep and into a leg yield angle and you got all four legs crossing. So right. yeah, I have to tell these riders to um, really try and keep the back legs going as if they're just going along the wall. It's the same as always. And then mm-hmm. basically from the pelvis forward, they have to be bending towards the inside until you can get the, right. the front legs onto that three track without pulling the nose around, without creating all this front end bend and, and you know, getting mm-hmm. stiff in a different way. So it's, it's yeah. very challenging. Um, I would, use, you know, we have some great mirrors at home that I use a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Would, when we, you know, I really notice when we transition from riding indoors you know in the winter this has just mm. happened within the last three weeks to outdoors yeah. and and we don't have walls in our outdoor ring yeah i don't like them so now we For can see reason. the horses all these drifting <laughs> problems get really bad because yeah. the rider can't rely on the wall and so mm-hmm. uh, in the winter i probably should have done more lateral work on the center lines to help sort of identify that issue or the before line. we ever got outside. Yeah. Yeah. Or the quarter, the quarter line. line. That'll do it too. Line. Yeah. Away mm-hmm. from the wall because yeah, we did not realize how much the wall was helping with the lateral work instead of yeah. the riders having, you have to do shoulder in with the inside leg on the girth, outside leg behind the girth, controlling the horses hind yeah. legs as you make your shoulder in. So everybody worries about the shoulder placement and they go, Hey, look, I can make all the same. Like, isn't this great? And I was like, Okay, uh, sure. and then you're like, but not great. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, about, it's for about sure. bending, right? It's about bending. If you're not bending, then the horse will very easily trick you and do lots of leg yield. Yeah, right. Same thing with a traver, you know. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know, I got the shoulders along the wall, and the hind legs are sort of somewhere. I don't yeah. know, a little bit to the inside. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, you have to really define where the front legs are and where the hind legs are. That's you know it's it's important the relationship between the two as well and how the horse right. has to bind has to really bend along the spine 
mm-hmm. between the front legs and the back legs, and we have to evaluate that um, for the training. But the judges, for sure, you know, will will they're going to evaluate. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, that was marks, and they'll talk about that. And then, yeah, you don't want to be disappointed thinking you've got wonderful shoulder in, and you actually have a really nice leg yield going. Yeah. <laughs> but Which anyways, I mean, it's, it's really tough, and it's you mm-hmm. know, you need eyes on the ground. You need to you need mirrors, video. Yep. You know, read read the books that that really define this, and and watch videos yep. that that can show you exactly what it's supposed to look like, so that you can watch your own videos and say, okay, is this close enough, or you know, what's going sure. on. How's sure. it different? So it's a learning process. It's a journey. Yeah, as for all. sure. For all of us. Well, cool. That was actually a good tip. And like I said, that happened to me. That was a really good question today. And I thought, oh, I'm, we're going to use that tonight in the show. So I hope everybody enjoyed. And as always, uh, we have email and Facebook shout outs, which we're always very happy to to get everybody on the show. And oh, wait, wait, wait. Before I oh, forget. Sorry. I thought I, I, that I might do uh, a meetup post on a website or maybe on the Facebook page. Uh, for anybody who is up in Ottawa that we talked to, I'm going up to that show, and then maybe um, I'm going to find a day that uh, I'll be in the lunch tent or you know hanging around. That uh, we'll see if when we can we can make this happen. Super cool! I love it. So everybody yeah, who's forgot. in Canada, oh, that would have been bad. Uh, so Phil, uh, this show will go out on Friday. We're actually recording a little bit early this week, so Phil can get ready for his competition. Post that um, on the so, Facebook page, Phil. Yeah, yeah we'll I'll post that on, on the Facebook, Facebook page. page. Exactly. Love it. Yeah. We love All right, so it'll probably us. be Saturday then, because if this goes out Friday, we can't do it on Thursday. <laughs> I love it. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Well, everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.